Well, hello and welcome to Inexos Access All Areas. My name is B, and I will be co-hosting this series of podcasts with my Inexos nerd, Hayden Murdoch. We will be delving deep with you all to explore everything there is to know about this iconic band of brothers in excess, sharing music, tours, videos, albums, and oh, so much more. Hello everybody, welcome to the Inexcess Access All Areas podcast, the podcast designed to educate all uber, uninformed, passive, in-between fans about the greatness of this band, uh, spread the word, and get them into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is well overdue. How are you, B? I'm super, super fantastic, thank you. How are you? <laughs> Were you about to do a hangover burp then? <laughs> you can see me, I forget you can see me. <laughs> No, I was, I was about to take my scarf off, actually, because I've just rushed in You're from fresh work. from Newcastle, aren't you? I mean, we, I, I'm throwing a curveball at you, but how was your weekend? I'm <laughs> about fresh. You look a bit pasty. Do I? Yeah, it was, was quite, <laughs> quite an epic weekend, getting the show out and then doing a four-hour drive down to Newcastle and then getting there in the rain and, the, and, the, and, and it was hot. Dark and I couldn't, I couldn't see where I was going for um, my accommodation, so I just ended up just going straight to the venue and getting changed in the car. How rock and roll is that? Wow, <laughs> that's that sounds circa 1986 material, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah. Slipped on my leathers <laughs> and put on my lipstick, and there I was. <laughs> well, look for those who don't know, B actually attended uh, the Don't Change uh, Lazotte concert. I won't say series, although they had three there. But uh, you went to was it one or two shows, B? I saw two shows, and there were two shows. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, and I guess all the listeners probably saw some streaming, some things mm-hmm. that came out. Give us a little bit of a rundown on what was awesome about your in excess weekend. Okay. Well. Uh, well. <sighs> It, it was re- a really, really good show. And I spoke to the band afterwards and they'd only had one rehearsal before the show. So, wow, kudos okay. to them. They just come out, stormed the, the, the um, stage. Um, highlights, um, I actually have had, I've posted them. Um, highlight was Searching, which they hadn't sung yeah. together or played together either. And they were just spot on. Mm. They are very magical together. They're a really good gr- um, group mm. of lads. Um, they played um, lately. Wow, wow! Um, I didn't get that videoed, unfortunately. Um, um, no, that sounds diff- like uh, Mark Opitz and uh, Wembley. <laughs> you didn't get that videoed. Yeah, there you go. I did it on purpose. Um, oh, well, the, the loop tape cut out or something. There was always that mystery at Wembley, but uh, yeah, yeah, keep yeah. going. Yeah, I'll keep going. Um, so, um, no, the difference. Awesome. I, I have put that on, and there was um, oh, there was just a couple of absolute magical pieces in there that they did so they they do um they have a little break in the middle and then they come back and it was a it was really really hard not to get up and dance i must admit i used i was getting up and um dancing to the to the ladies and back a few times just so that i could just like wiggle my hips and and tap my toe but um brilliant just if you haven't seen these guys you need to go and see these guys the other thing that i want to mention is lizotte the actual venue what a superb Mm. venue not just the actual place which is one of those places where you can't stop looking around because there's just so much going on it's an old theater Mm. and they've just got loads of um 
like pictures and bits and pieces everywhere um, and then it's lovely little tables that you sit at you're actually served at your table an amazing meal um, and the staff are just so friendly they love don't change they've actually got the don't don't change t-shirts from years ago and they're wearing them with, yeah. with pride you know you don't get many venues like yeah. that and then the manager yeah. Lazard himself was there both nights so it just shows again how mm. much um, he enjoys um, the night and they sold out the three nights as well which is like wow straight straight in so and I was it much different sort of the the two the two shows yes. was it much different sort of in the material they mixed it up and the yes. audience and things yeah they mixed the material up a little bit um, not too much but enough yeah. to keep it exciting for if you were there for two or three nights um, but uh, Blair is amazing. His voice is getting better and better. And I know he says that they're not trying to be in excess, but you can't help go, my God, he looks a bit like Michael. You know, some of the things that some of the, when Hmm. he turns his back and stuff, if you take a quick look, it's pretty eerie. Um, But Hmm. the the other guys, um, there's a guy called Matt on the keyboards who him and Blair, I think we meant, he mentioned it in the interview that we did back in episode five was it um that um yep. him and they'd, they'd both done their own um take on don't change the song and they played that um mm. on both nights and it, yeah tears in your eyes it's beautiful really beautiful mm. really beautiful quite an emotional way that they they play that so great one lads really good and then my favorite of the band apart from blair is matty the guitarist wow and when he does pretty in pretty vegas he is so mm. good he gets better and better at yeah. that yeah 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 and then you've got adam out well, of guess- surgery <laughs> what, a, what an absolute oh. superstar being in um i hope he doesn't mind me saying this but he's had a pretty bad surgery to his head i won't go too far into that but to say that he's out there in front of strobes shouldn't be really i should imagine playing mm. and rocking out with his bass guitar a brilliant and then you've got sandon sandon's on the um well he's the kirk and he really is a, a multi-instrumentalist yep. so he, just quickly who does maddie oh. uh play play is he the team is he yes maddie's the team but he's not just a tim because he can yep. sing as well so he's like right. um and sandon does well. the kirk stuff and yep. sandon does the kirk stuff and wow yep. he's saxo- saxophone beautiful just beautiful Mm. Um, and then you've got Clay on the drums and I wish you could see more of that guy Um, I heard he had his guns out but you can't see because you know you're too busy looking at everybody else (laughs) but wow what a group did you say Mm? did did you say you posted a couple of things on this on our Facebook yes. page? Well, I've uh, at, the, at this point I've only well at this point I've um, posted um, know the difference and then in the thread if you go through the thread I've I've posted a few of yep. the others but um, if everybody likes them I will post some more of them definitely. 
Yeah, look, I think so. And, and look, they're going to be touring throughout Australia. And mm. uh, I know for overseas uh, sort of listeners, they're probably maybe not going to see them. But anything you can put up there just for, I, th- I guess, fans to have a look at it would be great. And mm. even if you're overseas and might be the, you know, the NXS experience or the kick experience, et cetera, any, any uh, thing you do see like that, we, we welcome posts and things like that. And more content, the better, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And hopefully, I mean, I'd like you to all to go to their page as well because there's lots of things that they post too. Um, like hmm. they actually posted um, what, about 10 minutes before they got on they actually live streamed from themselves um, backstage it was really quite funny hmm. like sitting there in the audience yeah. and then you know what's going on behind the stage because there it is on your phone popping up so that was yeah. quite exciting um, do they have their little uh, little little uh, uh, bit of port before yeah, going on? Yeah, they do that every time. Yeah. But I only saw a photo of that. I didn't actually see them drinking the port. But yeah, okay. yeah, um, yeah. So wow, I, I can't say enough about this band. There's a lot of people that have come back to me and saying we're going to Narrabeen. We're seeing you in Narrabeen. So it looks like I'm having a bit of a party in Narrabeen. So you better be coming because I've got mm. at least a, yep, I've got I'm at least for a, bus, a busload of people coming with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, I'm there for that one. Um, just, just quickly, I guess uh, they. Uh, well, when we spoke to. Uh, uh, Blair on episode five. We've got a lot of extra footage, so we might just over the next few episodes just put a couple of little snippets in. You know, mm. might be five minutes of this, five minutes of that, because we really delve deep that night. And mm. uh, I know there might be some extra information we can just sort of share throughout the next couple of podcasts. So mm. that's something we can consider. Um, last week at the end of the episode, we did put on a, a cover song, uh, which uh, I think uh, a couple of people did pick up on the uh, fan engagement. But our cover song last week was Don't Change uh, in anticipation of our Shabu Shabar episode today, which we're very excited about. But uh, the band, if you didn't know, was Everclear. Mm. And uh, the song Don't Change that they did a cover on was a B-side uh, of the they're probably the most famous song, Santa Monica. So I remember buying that in 1996, I think the end of 95, early 96, and was very excited to see Don't Change uh, the cover on the reverse side. Uh, and I think they had an ACDC song on the same uh, little four track. So well done to those who did pick Everclear last week doing the cover uh, of the week. Um, Also, too, our videos, uh, our video episode part two last week, B, we got quite a lot of fan engagement over the last seven days, haven't we? Mm, mm, Loads of fan engagement and lots of new fans. So, hey, welcome. (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting just hearing people's favourite videos and what people sort of liked and things. And there was one I sort of kicked myself, pardon the pun, for not actually even including, (laughs) and I forgot about, and that was the stairs. The video for the stairs. Yeah, and, and um, elegantly wasted <laughs> as well. I can't believe we didn't mention that much, did we? <laughs> oh well, there was there were some people who liked that one. Oh, um, I love that uh, one. Look, it wouldn't have made my list, but uh, respect for those who, uh, who who enjoyed that. But um, I guess as an overall theme, you know, what was pleasing to hear was just so many people, you know, was able to reminisce about some of our choices, mm. some of their own choices, and just sort of highlights that you know those little time capsules, aren't they? Videos, really, little time capsules of where the band were at that yeah. uh, stage of their lives, both the 
appearance-wise and music-wise. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, every, it, like you say, yeah, time yeah. capsule. Yeah, and it's good to look at yeah. fashion and uh, <laughs> haircuts. Yeah, hairstyles. <laughs> <laughs> Some varying hairstyles. Yeah. Uh, a few people, I think, were surprised seeing John with blonde hair, I think, yeah. in the Everything film clip. And his plastic. Uh, he went a bit blonde there, didn't he, during Elegantly Wasted? Yeah, I'd like to hear the backstory on that one. <laughs> yeah. All right, time for some news. And now it's time for the excess news with Hayden from around the world. All right, newsflash, we are into the charts. Now, you may have noticed last week we didn't mention anything about the US charts because uh, at the time of recording, we're probably a day early uh, when it comes to those charts coming out. So we did pause for a week, but uh, you will hear them from now on. But uh, the in excess uh, sample from uh, Break My Heart by Dua Lipa has climbed a massive 26 up to 25. Really? Uh, one spot. <laughs> so... Uh, it has peaked at 21, so uh, look, in America, those charts are very fluky and flirty and, and weird, so it is uh, travelling north, which is good. Uh, on the negative side, in Australia last week, greatest hits went down from 41 to 47, Ooh. so we need everyone out there who, who hasn't got it, hasn't downloaded, or friends or whatever, to to, uh, to share the love of this uh, album. We would love to keep it in the uh, charts for 10 years, it's been there for nine, uh, but that is the latest from Australia. Um, I think you would have to live under a rock in, in the NXS community to realise that uh, the Live Baby Live uh, Wembley uh, DVD has been released and I know it's getting sort of mass sort of media circulation online and around the world. Um, I'm assuming, B, and I guess I'm correct on this, the version you saw in the cinema is the version on the DVD. Is that right? I hope so. I haven't got my copy yet because JB Hi-Fi yeah. sent me a message saying that they're you know the the delays on it which is hopeless right sorry jb hi-fi yeah get it right <laughs> i think it's downloadable but my yeah. assumptions are it is what was shown that one night only in the cinema mm. is now sort of available for uh, personal purchase via all your your either the streaming sort of devices slash either your physical hard copy collect and things um but i do you know again we keep talking about it but the difference in terms of the sound and the the visuals are, are chalk and cheese and i guess mm. it's like a good old uh, spring clean it's all been sort of modernised um, without taking away the spirit of the show. So mm. um, I know uh, if you did Google uh, By My Side or Suicide Blonde, there's some really good examples of the before mm. and after. So do yourself a favour when you can. Uh, the other week uh, we did mention, B, that in Australia a lot of the music community with within excesses signatures included were lobbying our government for some uh, musical bailout, I guess, to help the industry. Yes. And I think musicians are the first and the most generous, you know, worldwide to offer their services when, you know, there's uh, help needed in the communities, whether it's famine, whether it's you know, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, flood effects uh, mm -hmm. of things, uh, bushfires, whatever. There's any cause around the world, musicians are always the first to, to lend their talents. Yeah. Uh, I do know in Australia last week, our government uh, basically uh, agreed to a $250 million bailout, uh, and we say bailout, maybe a, a contribution, yeah. uh, to the live recording uh, industry uh, to help, I guess, uh, the, the musical industry, be it from concerts through to artists, 
through to recordings and things by uh, putting that money into the industry. Um, I know they, I think they asked for about 345 million, but to get 250 million uh, on the back of this petition is a, a really, really pleasing result. Yeah, and um, we all know that um, uh, if you've seen In Search of Excellence, which is the, the very first uh, video out there about NXS and their achievements in 1988, there is a very motivating clip at the end where they flash to Australia's uh, Parliament House in Canberra Mm -hmm. and our Prime Minister is doing a a quick little introduction about contributions and exports and then goes into in excess's climb to the top and yeah. I remember at the time me and my mate's got a tingle up our spine mm-hmm. you know it was like the you know our president or prime minister equivalent prime minister. Uh, was saying uh, an industry not always recognized uh, its music and I think he used the words of an old fogey like me you know you know uh, <laughs> if I know they're good they have to be good or, you know <laughs> something along those lines and and they flashed a mic and goes, maybe we're no longer the underdogs. But um, it's great that our government here is just supporting music, I guess, overall, because mm-hmm. it gives so much joy to the community and, and creates so much jobs and revenue. And yeah. in an era where album sales, uh, you know, diminished and, and the notion of music being sort of an asset that can be sold, being sort of nowhere near like the royalties of the past, mm. um, uh, I, 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 I endorse any government help behind it. So I don't know how you feel about it, B, but I'm sure you feel similar. No. Thank you, government. <laughs> I'm pretty Yay. proud of our government anyway, getting us through COVID so well as well. Not down here in Victoria. We're, oh. we're having an outbreak again. Yeah, I can, I can we're, hear we're you We're banned sniffing. from travelling and all sorts of things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> that's that's me crying. I can't travel. Oh. Um, okay, come... <laughs> couple other things too. I mentioned an article publication of the week called Mixed Down, I think it was during uh, an NXS article that came out. I know they had a series uh, of different articles in recent times and one was based upon what are the best sort of live performances on TV shows uh, of Australian acts over the last sort of, you know, 50 years and uh, they had people like Courtney Barnett who I think was on sort of Letterman and they had Silverchair and different other bands internationally but uh, the NXS one with Ray Charles on Letterman was uh, ranked in the sort of top five of all time live sort of performances wow. and you know if you haven't seen that or, or watched it it is a, a great version the band are really tight mm. uh, Ray and Michael having so much fun and um, yeah it's a, it's a really good sort of live track of Please You Got That so uh, you know if you're having a bit of a quiet moment and want to feel a little bit uh, excited enthusiastic about our favourite band uh Get online and uh, yeah, Google that one because it's a great little uh, four-minute excerpt of Michael and the band yes. with uh, Mr. Charles, as they used to call Mr. him. Mr. Charles, yeah. Um, and, and he actually um, he got an all-time award and Michael and Helena um, gave it to him, didn't they? Did you Yeah, I think that might have been a Monaco, the World Music Awards. That's it was a right. lifetime achievement and Michael mm. and, yeah, Helena passed that on to him and there was... Um, some celebs in the crowd and things as well. Uh, yeah, I saw that a few weeks ago. Oh, that's Actually, right. someone posted Prince that. Was in the back, in, yeah, in the, in the audience, yeah, he was. That's right. There was someone in the crowd because I was like, oh. Prince, you know, uh, what's his name from Monaco's in the crowd. I was looking for him and then it was actually Prince Prince. <laughs> <laughs> not the Prince. The Prince. <laughs> not, not that I care about the Prince of Monaco, but that's what I, my eyes were looking for. Then it was, uh, you know, uh, little cool Prince in the crowd. So, cool yeah. Oh. But... Um, it's always, it's always sad when you see that. You go, oh, Michael's no longer with us. Mm. Ray's no longer with us. Mm. Prince is no longer with us. Mm. But Nickelback are with us. So, 
You know? Mm. What? What? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, I was thinking Patrick. You're still drunk. No, I was just thinking of Patrick Swayze. I think he was in there as well, and he's no longer with us either, is he? Nickelback. Stop it. No, I didn't want to go giving the award. Actually, Patrick Swayze was there too. God, yeah, that's yeah. right. Another one's gone. Yeah, you know? so there was quiet. Yeah. Okay, and my final little bit of news is I found another in excess podcast. B, you did or I did? I did, <laughs> and I did. <laughs> what was you yours? Did. Yeah, I did. I sent it to this you. This one was called. <laughs> well, I think I'd already found it. Maybe, and it's maybe it popped up as well for you. But look, it's not a specialised podcast. I think it was. It's uh, this one's about twelve in. Ah. The one I found was called Soundrise. Um, was the name of the podcast and I had to listen today um, and you know for me uh, it's not about rivalries or whatever there you know anything that can promote good music and bands and information and entertainment I'm really into so I went into listening to this this podcast called Soundrise um, and I think the last week's episode they'd done something on Sly and the Family Stone this week they were doing something on NXS oh. um, now it only goes for 30 it only goes 34 minutes, so it's hardly a, uh, a deep dive into the legacy. Um, <laughs> they talk about three albums. Yeah. Uh, one's Underneath the Colours, one is Listen Like Thieves, and one is Kick. Um, and it, it's, I think it's done by two Russian guys, because it sounds like, oh. I think one's called Vlad and one's called, I don't know. Um, Vodka. Uh, oh, uh, Vladivostok, um, but they do sound like they're 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 communicating from like a space station in the sky or in the out of out of, out like of ether. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, look at look again. You know we're not here to compare or compete. Um, when one of them gave kick six and a half out of ten, I nearly turned off. Um, <laughs> uh, so I'm thinking, what albums are you listening to? But um, um, there is some interesting things on there. Uh, one of the things I did find quite amusing, and I love the description by one of them, was he kept referring to NXS as their chunky guitar rhythms. <laughs> chunky. <laughs> so it was like their chunky guitars. Oh, no, it might have been crunchy guitars, actually. So <laughs> it sounded like eating a Chiquito or a, a, chiquito or a, or a chocolate bar, but no. the way he was talking in Russian, he was these like, crunchy guitars. I thought, oh, this is pretty cool. So 34 minutes, have oh, a listen. Have a laugh, enjoy. Yeah. Uh, I did. I did myself. Oh well, so, that's not uh, the one that I yeah, listened that's it to. For the n- <laughs> that was not the listen. I listened to oh. um, the inside with Peter Ricks, uh, the famous Peter Rick. Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> Is he British? No, he's Australian. He's an Australian oh. guy who who's in oh. the music industry. You need to go listen. So he, I haven't listened yet. No. I actually saw it come up okay. and I pa- passed it on. But um, yeah, so there's another one for us to listen to too. I'll, have to, I'll, 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 I'll do a bit of research. I'll have a listen, see if I can find it. Okay. But that's it for the news for this week. Hey, this is Tim Farris, and you're listening to Access All Areas with Hayden and B. <laughs> And now for topic of the week. 
right, B Shabu Shabar time. What a cool name of an album. I reckon out of all the names of albums, Shabu Shabar, I think Tim said it's an in-excess word, but uh, I think it's the coolest name of all their albums. What do you think? Yeah, I really love it. I really like it. I think there's someone out yeah. there that's got two vehicles. Have you seen that? And they've called one Shabu and one Shabar, Shabar and they put them... No. Have you not seen it? Oh, it's really cool. If the guys out there... I thought you were going to say they had two dogs. Oh, two dogs. Because no. there's a dog on the album cover and they go, they've got two dogs, a, a Shabu and a Shabar. Oh, yeah. It'd be good for cats, actually, wouldn't it? That? But no, two, yeah, ve- two yeah. vehicles. So they end like I don't know. It's, yeah. He's in his wife, and they put them together. It's quite good. Well, we're starting to enter into an album that probably the more ardent fans would know, and probably even sort of uh, you know developing fans would know. You know, one or two songs off this album, I guess, based on continued radio airplay uh, around the globe. So. We all know about the one thing and don't change. We're probably, probably the two biggest hits off the album globally. Um, so, you know, there are fans that they're probably aware of those. Although there are some deeper tracks and some other singles in various markets that were released and recorded. And I think uh, out of uh, all our episodes and things and stuff like that, we're, we're quite excited about entering into a bit more familiar uh, sounds with this album review. B. It's a really good album. They brought in a lot of good tunes, didn't they, into this one? How many how many records yeah. did they actually put into the charts from this album? Oh, singles, you mean releases? Mm-hmm. All right, we'll we'll do a little bit of a statistical backdrop for some of the uh, the keen fans out there. Uh, they released in Australia four singles and started with the one thing uh, mm-hmm. that went number fourteen. They then released Don't Change that went number fifteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, third single, which is a bit of a fan favourite as well, is To Look At You. Uh, and we talked about that the other week, I think, in the video yeah. episodes. I think that was in my top five. Um, that was uh, only 36 on the charts. Oh. Um, however, they did turn around and release uh, Black and White. as the fourth single that in Australia leapt up to number 24. Ooh. So um, I guess the album itself was released uh, in October uh, 1982 and the singles sort of went all the way through to around about June. So a lot of the time with bands, especially in excess, they had about nine months worth of uh, the four singles sort of in the charts and on radio play. So the album did stick around in the Australian charts for you know well over a year. Um, and as we'll sort of delve into, uh, the, the the lead single, The One Thing, had a very sort of auspicious um, uh, landing for the band in terms of uh, global stuff uh, and in terms of just getting a foothold on MTV and things. So... Um, a couple other little bits of statistics. It was produced by Mark Opitz, uh, who was the sort of famed producer who at that point had worked in Australia with the Angels uh, and worked with Cold Chisel and ACDC, which uh, I guess have a lot of fans uh, around the world would know of. Uh, Mark uh, is a brilliant producer. He uh, had, has had a great career sort of, you know, pre-Shabu Shabar and post-Shabu uh, Shabar. Uh, and, you know, then went on, I think, during that really healthy period for NXS between 91 and 93, looked after Live Baby Live, uh, Welcome to Wherever You Are, and Full Moon Dirty Heart. So I know NXS uh, really loved the work on Shabu Shabar that he did and went back to him as the producer mm. on those later albums. So is Mark an Australian? 
He is, yeah. I mean, the, the name itself, Opitz, has a bit of a, I guess, uh, Eastern European sound to it, which I think there's some heritage there. But yeah, he oh. is. And he started the ABC, I think, in sort of uh, sound recording and things, uh, which is sort of our version of the BBC. Yeah. But yeah, got into music production and then got into sort of engineering and things. And, you know, I guess one thing led to another. And uh, he's still active now. Um, is but he's really, he's got a great resume, you know, and yeah. he has been on podcasts that I've mentioned previously. So just a little bit of interesting side note for this. I mean, mm. you know, a lot of people are aware that uh, there was a, an album called In Excessive uh, that was released around late 1980. Uh, well, actually, it might have been around the same time as this. So just so people are aware how the, the music industry can work is that In Excess's debut album, uh, debut album and Underneath the Colours, the, the second album, okay, were uh, all in a situation where they were under the deluxe label. Mm-hmm. Now, with the deluxe label, uh, that was basically where, and the reason why a, a compilation was put out. In excess, moved to WEA Records or the record company. So a lot of the time, you will get record companies of the prior incarnation sort of cash in. Okay, and what they'll try and do uh, is, you know, milk, you know, all the uh, material that's worth because they own, <coughs> they own the rights essentially yeah. to that material. And that's why the album in excessive came out. So there was added onto that compilation, I think, the Love One, mm-hmm. which was uh, an in-between album sort of cover. Uh, added on, uh, I think, Simple Simon, plus I think four or five B-sides. So when we go and do a compilation retrospective, which we will do in future episodes, we'll probably go back and you know give a bit more emphasis to that. But mm. our record reviews at the moment, or album reviews, really want to stick to the studio, studio you know, albums. album songs, etc. Yeah. There. We'll do compilation episodes later on, but just thought that would be handy to let everybody know. Obviously, moving to WEA Records was a real stepping stone for them, which I'll I'll elaborate in a, in, a, in a moment. But uh, yeah, I think if you were in 1982 in Australia, you could have got a, an inexcessive greatest hits at that point, which was all two of them, <laughs> and Shavu Shabar in the same couple of months. Yeah, that would have been exciting then. Hey, I wish yeah. I wish I'd know more um, about that, that those albums then. Yeah, because I remember the time, like I probably was, my mates had in excessive, so I was like, oh, this is a really good album, but it was, it was a combination of the first two. Mm. So, um, yeah, so uh, a little bit of chart news uh, with regard to Shabusha Bar. The album probably peaked at number five in Australia, um, sold I think, a couple of hundred thousand copies. Uh, in the US, 46, but 46 back then, it was pretty impressive um, yeah. because it was a real album buying era. Uh, also, too, with the success of the one thing that got some MTV rotation, that actually went to number 30 on the charts. And literally, as the miniseries suggests, uh, you know, Chris got the band touring over in America around that time and pushing them onto MTV. And um, it helped the album get to over 500,000 units, uh, which which is certified gold in America uh, around that particular time. So um, the one thing was the first single they released, uh, Don't Change, as the second single. Uh, unfortunately, it only made it to number 80. But if you think about it, Charts don't always equate to quality. So I think of cover songs over their career and, and, and songs that had sort of an influence yeah. don't change at number 80. Uh, doesn't reflect the legacy and the iconicness of that song, B. Yeah, so, yeah, how many people have covered that song as well since then? So, yeah. Mm, to show you. So, yeah, in many cases, yeah, the charts don't always reflect the quality, but no. uh, that was one of two singles released over there. Mm. Uh, and just an interesting 
interesting sort of note, you know, how, you know, I guess, you know, in excess, I, th I think, um, should be really highlighted for their risk taking and, and the and the you know the bravery of their manager and Chris you know pushing the band and the band themselves being prepared to, to humble themselves. Um, what happened was they when they were with the deluxe label they were really trying to get an international deal. Now the way record companies works or record company works is that you often will have like um, WEA which I think was Warner's and they'll have bases in America, Australia, and the UK like three of the bigger markets and maybe Japan as well. So Deluxe uh, were uh, 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 an offshoot of RCA records. And what it meant was that Chris was trying to get RCA to sign in excess internationally. And after the first two albums, that just didn't happen, despite having, you know, uh, I guess a push for that label to, yeah. to try and do, you know, get them an international release. So the band took a bit of a risk. And that is when they made the one thing, they went and recorded that, paid for it themselves, and recorded it at a studio studio called Paradise uh, Records or Studios. Mm -hmm. And the song went to number 14 in Australia, and then it, uh, the band went over to America to tour and, and got some of the gigs over there and got a hit in America. And then uh, Chris organised the band to re uh, release three more songs or record three more songs at Rhinoceros Studios, mm -hmm. and then they were able to get that international release. So, you know, thinking back to how, you know, often you might think, why didn't that band ever make it overseas? Well, there's the music and then there's the music business and there's two sectors. Yeah. Having the music's one thing, but having the music business sort of the backup part is, is the essential part. So, you know, by funding the one thing and then doing their own videos and then doing, I think Michael had contacts, you know, in terms of, you know, some of the models in that video um, and things like that. Um, more than just contacts, various contacts. Um, and I'm not talking the lenses type, okay? But he 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 literally uh, was able to help get that video together and then the band sort of funded it and then, you know, it led to the, the chart success in Australia led to you know recording more tracks and then getting the, the deal with WEA um, and that was just something that a lot of other bands in Australia at that time didn't have the ambition uh, the sacrifice and maybe the push within to do something like that so Shibu Shabar is really vital and the one thing is the lead off single is a really vital sort of domino effect I think yeah. in their career B yeah yeah that's really interesting thank you for filling all us in with all of that information I'm sure lots of people would uh, really uh, find that interesting too especially the international yeah. part yeah yeah, really good. All right, come on, let's and crack I on. I want to get into this. What else you got to well, tell me? One thing me? Tim did. Well, <laughs> we're going to get into the first single, single in a second. Tim did say that you know when they made that video, they fed a lot of cats Valium. They were running around <laughs> tables, you know, having a feast with sexy models, and Playboy centerfolds. And then I think, uh, apart from ripping up a turkey, next thing you know, they had a, an opening sort of uh, uh, for Adamant and a top forty hit in America. So you know, the, the just the whole whole sort of uh, uh, you know speed of how all the things happened was really really fast for them mm. because. Remember, it was only like six, seven months earlier that they were touring around supporting the second album underneath the colours. So yeah. it was really quick fire going into the studio and then re releasing this in October, you know. Mm. So I guess it's probably time now to put the one thing on uh, for our listeners, B. Yay! Here we go.
album. Brilliant. Top tune. Top tune. Love hearing this. I love hearing it live as well. But they did a really good job on the album, I thought. Strong lead-off track. Mm. Um, uh, I think it's interesting, this song. It, it, it probably doesn't get the prominence off the album that, say, Don't Change does, or The Reverence, and uh, it, it, you could go to plenty of shows over the over the years and not see it played live. In fact, I've probably seen this song played, I don't know, maybe about 20% of the live gigs I've been to, and I think I've seen them about 20 times. Mm. So it was heavily probably played live, you know, front-loaded in their career, I guess, but as other hits came, it got, probably fell out yeah. of the, um, the playlist, which is interesting, mm. even though it was such a significant song in their catalogue so mm. you know nothing about the quality at all it's just sort of probably depth of material just meant it so didn't much. always get played live yeah so much I, yeah. I mean Michael sounds absolutely amazing his vocals are brilliant on this um, track and then Timmy yeah. Timmy's a Timmy attacking, attacking the guitar on this one it's really <laughs> good but it's such a yeah. good one to dance to isn't it really awesome and it's timeless again to me like you say you it's like a classic dancing. I do like dancing all the time <laughs> I probably would say it's a great one to air guitar to yes and I like doing that too with my cricket bat if you're a cricket bat is that what you do with yeah <laughs> don't you pick up a child and air guitar yeah. them no <laughs> <laughs> no not anymore <laughs> um, alright number two to look at you in the top videos the other week and I, I guess you know it was on the back of such a great song as well uh, this one to me still sounds fresh the production um, I'm sure it's got some real sort of twirly sort of little bits in there little tribal rhythms in there but it's still such a great song lyric vocal instrumentation video um, I know it's a bit of a fan favourite and a band favourite um, they were very keen to get this in the mini series when they had the sort of the, 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 the shots of sort of Michelle meeting Michael um, while he was singing on stage and the eyes gazing together. But um, this one is just flawless and I guess... Um you know, I would love to put this on our deep dive, uh, you yes. know, albums of Spotify for so many people who haven't heard it. <laughs> yeah. But it's been a single. It's been yeah, a single yeah, in Australia, yeah. so yeah. Uh, it can't go on. But you know, if you haven't heard it, listen. You could you could feel like you're hearing a different type of band. Like I I remember when the song came out. I was a kid and I didn't know it was in excess till about three years later mm. when I got Shabu Shabar. You know, could afford the money. So I was like, oh, does that in excess as well? What a different song. Yeah. Um, yeah. How do you feel about? It's very broody, isn't it? It's a broody song. Um, yeah. I love how John comes in at the very beginning as well. 
it leads the beat in. Yep. Um, it is a tiny bit dated, a bit new age, isn't it? But the, the like the lyrics and the the um, chorus just fantastic. Love it, and of course I love it when the guitars kick in. <laughs> yeah. Can you dance to this one? I can dance to anything. <laughs> in <laughs> <Okay>. excess. <laughs> All right, number. Th- Number three, Spy of Love, take it away. Turn to go first. Ooh, okay, sorry, for Spy of Love. Okay. Yeah. Right. So you, I'm ladies first on this one. <laughs> love it, love it, love it, love it. <laughs> please, can we put it into the Spotify playlist? Please, please. Um, love the intro. It's just a great sing. Okay, let me give my review on this one. Okay, <laughs> I do like it. Uh, it's I can say it's not a stinker. Um, I do like the intro. It's very sort of nautical and dolphinish, and um, uh, I guess all of those little sort of sounds, like calypso, sort of almost type sounds, isn't it? It's not yeah. reggae. It's got a little bit of a calypso-y sort of nautical sound to it. Uh, and this, I guess, according to Tim, I have good authority. Uh, the word shabu shaba sort of was linked to the sort of the backup vocals oh, and the chorus on this. Now, I don't think we hear the word shabu shaba, but it sort of uh, hails from that, according it's to Tim. It's a sound, according uh, to Tim, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's like a sound, shabu shaba sound. So, um, they, one of the things with this, this was a Tim sort of, I think, solo, well, uh, a solo writing contribution, um, which was quite rare in the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Tim sort of, you know, co-writeed a few songs, but this was his own sort of song. I know Michael enjoyed playing this live, particularly uh, during the era that it was around. And also, too, they made a video of this film clip, which was quite unique, I guess, in the sense that it wasn't a single, but there was a video to it. And... It's very British of it, B. Have you seen the video? Yeah, I've seen it. It's really cool. It's when they're, they're playing the well, instrument. Well, it's got that sort of, you know, uh, very famous sort of the Englishy type oh, hat with the apple on top and yeah, things like that. You know, that willow to the... Yeah, it's a surrealist you know, artist. It's a, an impression of son of a man. Yeah, yeah, and the hat and things like that, and the the arti- a very artistic and art world. Yeah. Yeah, and Michael's acting abilities in this is really good. He really comes on with this um, video. I thought. <laughs> yeah, well, this one's a, a, it's a. I think I think we should even post this one on the on mm. our page and let people have a look at it because it's quite clever. Um, so, Spy of Love number three. I think it, from the album flow, we've gone one thing great. It, it really goes mm. straight into to to look at you, which is great. This is a nice little 
subtle moment uh, for number three. Um, but yeah, uh, number four, B, where are we at? What's the fourth track? Okay, and the next track on the album is Soul Mistake. interesting moment here we have stinker alert no i like this you can't stinker this one no this one's a stinker sorry nxs fans sorry band members i think this is a uh, a uh, first glitch on this album um i think it's a boring song boring lyric boring boring instrumentation don't like it okay so but it is the ears of the beholder so again i always say my view is not the common view but this one's a a bit of a uh, a double fault for me after a good strong opening of three tracks okay right well i'm not gonna say stinker because that's not a nice thing to say you bully right i'm gonna say it's a filler (laughs) defend it then argue your case it's a filler it's not a fave (laughs) it's a filler Uh, it grows on you you've got to listen to it a little bit more go back listen listen it's been out there for 38 years (laughs) yeah but it's 38 years it's been out it grows like fungus stop it so you need to like you, you need to listen to the guitar bits, listen to Michael's phone calls. <laughs> Defracturize it. Is that a word? <laughs> well, you know what? You know what? There's, uh, it goes for 2 minutes 57. It's the shortest song on the album Didn't for a reason. So the- I'll leave my opinion at that. <laughs> all right. All right. Now, I'm gonna, am I going to get this right now? His next one is... Well, hang on. Quick one. You know, it's the, you know the song's called Soul Mistake. Stop it. Don't go there. Don't, uh, I, don't I call it dare. Song Mistake. Oh, God, <laughs> all right, next. Golden Playpen. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's Here Comes is the next one. It. Five. It's Here Comes. All right. Here Comes. Here, <laughs> here Comes. So I know. 
this got the um, the sorry this has got the words God's top 10 in it this is where it came from isn't it yep this song um it, it makes me smile but um it's it I think this is a bit of a filler for me too really shoot me <laughs> yeah no look it, it's it's nearly a stinker for me but it, it just it's filler um yeah, it rounds filler. out side a i think on the old sort of album tape thing you'd be flipping over this onto the next side but um look it just meanders a little bit um mm. i think uh it's interesting instrumentation uh the the lyric god's top 10 is interesting in the sense that it gets revisited later by yeah. andrew for switch yeah um but yeah, look, n- nothing to rave about on this particular one for me. Hmm. Be interesting when we do get around to getting some band members on and asking them about these songs, because I'd like to know a little bit more in depth about them, because we're scratching over them, because we're just saying, yes, we like them, yes, we don't. But it'd be good to know them a little bit more, wouldn't it? Why that track was put on there. Well, look, you know, again, the depth of material and et cetera there probably has a fair saying, et cetera there. But, look, there might be some people out there who really love this song and find it, you know, pleasing to their ear, et cetera there. But, um, you know, even the Beatles, you know, you look at the White Album, a lot of people argued half of that was filler, you know, and the Beatles uh, (laughs) are the Beatles. So um, I guess this one sort of just sort of comes and goes. Uh, I think there's a sequel song called Here Comes Two that's on one of the Decadence uh, releases as well. so uh, our friend MM would probably have more details about that. I'm sure he would. Um, but, uh, yeah, this one goes for three minutes and rounds out sort of side A. Oh. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's flip over the album B, okay? <laughs> we'll flip over the album now on our vinyl <laughs> and we'll put on, uh, I guess, song song six, which is... Which is? <laughs> black and white. <laughs> <laughs> Black and White, I used to love this song. I remember it was 1983 when it was a single in Australia, got maximum airplay. Uh, very tribal, very aggressive, um, good you know, band vocals all together. Uh, and I, I think the lyrics for me, I really loved the most with their aggression uh, behind this. And it was the fourth single, as I said earlier. Um, so this was a, a win for me. Plus also the colours, black and white, are the same colours of my football team here in our Australian rules, Colin. So there you go. Okay. Mm. Isn't that the magpies? Yes. Yes. 
Okay, that's enough said. I say with staunch pride. <laughs> okay. What do you think of this song, Boo? Go the cats. Um, love, love the upbeatness of this song. It's a re- like the drumming's amazing. I love how it's really tight and they're all together. I just think it's a hidden classic in this album. I really do. Apart yep. from Don't Change, which we'll come into later. Yep. But I really do think it's a it's a, like people should really listen to this a lot more. Yeah, this is sort of almost like a midnight oil, midnight oil song, like midnight mm. oil full of rage and aggression, whatever. There, um, you know, sonically it's probably different, but it's got that sort of really in your face type uh, aggressive lyrics. And I, I think on any um, live album slash you know reboot bootleg videos, you know whatever you could, if you put this through live, I think it does go off pretty well. Uh, I think there's a famous concert at Selena's, which was an old venue in Sydney. They play this really strongly live there too, which I think. Think might also be the backdrop of the film clip. There's no film clip on its own, uh, standalone clip. I think they use maybe the Selena's clip uh, as a live sort of fourth single, single sort of concert footage as the actual film clip when it was released. So, uh, yeah, number six, black and white. Uh, okay. Number seven, B, we get to... Jansong. You can say it now. You can say it now. I said Jansong. Huh? Golden Planet. No. <laughs> then album last year the, the journey the the michael journey i can never remember yeah what yeah, yeah. what about it? it this is in there at the very beginning there's just a little link in did you not hear that maybe I'll, I'll have to go back and listen i don't remember it but oh. i'll back you in um so what do you think about golden play pen yeah, I love it. Don't you like it? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's Well, good. it's funny. I played it again today, and I liked it more than ever. No, it's a great I, My ears song. heard something different. I don't know what it was. Maybe I actually picked up the lyrics. It was like, 
you know, tossed out of the golden playpen, yeah. you know, um, and I'm drunk. So I started getting the lyrics over going, oh, I really know what this song's about now. Maybe a while back I didn't quite connect. <laughs> didn't but, you realise um, it was a yeah. drunken song? But it's, you can just yeah, imagine it. You can just imagine it like a little bit drunk. Power. Yeah, it's it's the power of music. I was like, what's a playpen? And then I'm like, oh, hang on, Uh, golden playpen. Okay, but you know, music is like that. You can listen to a song not knowing the lyrics for years, and then suddenly something hits you, and like, oh, I know what this is about. Mm. Because NXS never that preachy with their lyrics. Often they would like you to interpret things as you, as an individual would. And I used to this song. I used to always listen more to the the music part than the lyrics. But today, when I was playing, I'm like, oh, I I think I really like this one. So yeah, 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 it's a tick for me. Yeah, it's a tick for me. Yeah, but you can imagine him in a club, like just slowly getting drunk, but watching others while he was sort of like playing mm. with the, the glass and listening to the ice cracking. Yeah, quite, and this is like a, that, a really. Kirk and Michael. Uh, this is a Kirk and Michael oh. sort of co-write. So mm. no Andrew on this one. No Andrew. Mm. I think. Kirk oh, and by the way, earlier I did say "Spy Spy of Love" was a Tim only. It was Tim and Michael. So apologies oh. for all those uh, people out there who like to text in, telling us what we made a mistake in. It is Tim and it is uh, uh, Michael. So just getting that right. Yes, because we have a lot of questions. Right. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Cool. All right. Um, all right. Next one. Song eight. Jan's song. Take it away. Well, uh, there was a famous ad on Australia a few years ago called Not Happy Jan. Uh, <laughs> I say that. Is it an Australian thing? Uh, I say that. It's an ad, but it was an ad, but I don't think it had homage to Jan's song. But, uh, yeah, you like this one? I do, I do. I love how, um, I, 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 was, I was saying to you earlier, is it the saxophone or is it a trumpet? I get I can't work out what oh, it, I think what it's. I think it's saxophone with Kirk yeah, uh, coming yeah. in the start. But, Straight um, in at the start, it's great. Yeah, I think when I think of this song, I think of a mate of mine, and he'll he'll like me calling his name, and his name's Ian McKinnon, and him and I are great mates from uni, and he, I think of this song because he used to love the bit where he goes on and on and on, um, and the vocal there, it's a really good vocal from Michael, and I'm always a fan of songs that have the word song in it, so Jan's song or Radio song or um, Daniel's song from Elton John, I always like. I don't know, lyrically, I like the way they read, and they don't have a chorus saying Jan in it or saying Jan's song, but it, it's sort of a, a nice little play on words when they have that in the yeah. in the title. So, but it makes it more of a story, To me, it's a really it? good song. Yeah, it makes it more yeah. of a story. 
But you can imagine, well, it is. You're Jan. opening up a... a <laughs> yeah. Well, it is. You're sort of going, okay, it's like a narrative of something. It's a homage mm. to someone. So, oh. um, yeah, big tick for me for this one. For you? Yes, very big tick for me too. Okay. All last, right. Last song, isn't it? No, two to go. Jeez, I've got all my things. <laughs> We've got two to go. We've got uh, old, old world, world, new world, world, number nine. Here we go. Need is wearing turquoise and silver. Dirty dogs barking in the distance. Ooh, people of a thousand tongues. I'm learning primitive rights. Mount Carleto, Mount Everest Down to the river Ganges Ooh, To follow your mighty past Where learning the primitive rights Soon as the Romans do Built in the sky. Ooh, now we're talking digital. We're learning the primitive rights. Alright, well, I know there's one particular loyal listener out there who, who likes this song, and that's uh, Foxy in uh, America, uh, because I think there's a lyric in there that talks about natives wearing silver and turquoise, I think is the lyric, and it's a bit of a homage to, uh, you know, the indigenous Indian population of America. Um, and this is a John co-write with Michael, and I remember when I did a deep dive into the album in the early 80s, and I was listening to all the tracks, this was probably my favourite non-single off the album. So they've got the four major singles. Um, and I love the lyrics. I love the sort of worldly nature of the lyrics and sort of the, the images that that sort of uh, yeah. uh, provide. And uh, it's got that really cool John songwriting contribution. I think most things that sort of John you know, put up for the band have just always been great songs. Mm. So I love this song. Really, really love it. Hint, mm. hint, it's going to make it to our Spotify playlist, ah, B. Okay, okay, yeah, do as yeah. the Romans do. <laughs> it's good, yes, isn't it? It's that's fun. the lyric I love. Yeah, yeah. You know, learning the primitive rights and, you know, it's mm. a old world, new world. It is, it's sort of got that sort of foot back in time and then in the currency of things. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's you know, second, second last songs off album sometimes can be sort of buried away and I think yeah. it's a little gem. If you the just hang gem. in there long enough, mm. it shall reward you. Yeah. Okay. And... What is the next one? <laughs> I'm getting to get the sack well, after be, this episode already. Well, look, you'll be glad to know that someone's looking at the song title list here. But uh, look, how, look, you know, this is a bit like introducing the Beatles and the Rolling Stones at the Grammys. Uh, this is the seminal, the uh, the historical, futuristic sounds, almost the sci-fi intro of our theme song to our episode. Uh, it is the uh, uh, iconic "Don't Change." Of course. And what a way 
what a way to finish an album. Let's just give the listeners oh, a little yeah. bit of a sample from yeah. uh, this. Well, do. Not as if they haven't heard it before at the beginning. <laughs> Don't bore us. Get to the chorus. Put it on. Okay. song we were saying it was like an alert as if like those it was an um an, an alarm going off to say come to the stage now come listen to us but to end with it as well it makes you actually want to go back and put the album back on again doesn't it I, i've made a uh, a uh, captain's choice here b why we're, we're going to dedicate an episode to this song yeah what do you think so, so we, we, we can't sum up the iconicness and the brilliance of this song in a couple of glib sentences no. and stuff like that. We we are going to devote an episode to this and we'll do a deep dive into what makes it great and all the mm. different things about it. But, um, yeah, it's got that sort of futuristic sci-fi. It's, like, it's almost like the Star Wars theme at the start mm. and everything through to the musicianship, through to the, the, the drumming, you know, the guitar work, the vocal. Um, and I think just the lyric, when you say don't change for you, don't change for me, it's such a yeah. positive, affirming lyric a confident lyric you know we might even in the lead up to the episode allow our our loyal listeners a chance to share what it means to them and we could really get into that um mm. you know it might be part of our zoom call next week who knows but we i think yeah we can't we can't give credence to it in in such a short no. period of time you know that we have but it's an 11 out of 10 isn't it 11 plus <laughs> Ratings time. Well, as you know, I like to give a bit of an out of 10 ratings to these things. And, uh, you know, Stinker Alert is always an immediate one deduction. And uh, unfortunately, I think Sole Mistake does uh, lead to a small deduction. Okay. Uh, However, uh, for me, this album, when I rank it against the first couple of albums and what comes later is, to me, it's going to be an 8.25 out of 10. You know, probably that little midsection, it, it probably is a little bit weaker yeah. there. Um, yeah. uh, I think it starts off great. The first three songs, I think the last, you know, three, four songs on the side B are strong. It just mm. has that little bit of a filler in the middle. But yeah. 
again, what a massive leap for them post massive their second leap. album and what a confident sounding album, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely agree with everything you say there. Absolutely for a change. I, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think that's I think the sound of this is a band that's played live for four to five years yes. now. You got it there. You, you know? got it there. It's a confidence. And song. Mark Opitz. Mm. Yeah, and sonically, Mark opens through production techniques that, yep. remember, had a massive change from about 79 to 82. I mean, the productions now with Pro Tools have mm. made massive leaps, but the production and getting the big guitar sounds out was something that I think the band were really yeah. uh, pleased with uh, post, you know, the results of, of this, yeah. this album. And, um, you know, then I guess I think the band always fondly remembered Mark for this production effort, and it's why they got him back for sort of the, the Live Baby Live Live recording but I think especially got them back for Welcome to Wherever You Are which arguably was their most critically acclaimed album that sort of Mark also went off and did and uh, uh, we'll talk about that later on yes. but um, yeah really really excited and I think just one other thing we haven't spoken much about is the album cover um, what do you think oh. of the cover of the album B? Yeah yeah so yeah it's different again from all the the, the, the other two that have been out there yeah. so they were quite arty whereas this one is yeah. a photography isn't it it's a, an arty photographer do you know anything about it I don't um, it, it's not Michael is, is it? it Michael is it Michael know. on the cover holding the dog I have no idea I have no idea. Put that out to our fans. I assume it is, oh. but I think I think uh, the, whereas the first two ones you say are arty in terms of the sort of the designs and things. I think the cover of this album, and then I think the the, the when they open up the sleeve, B. Have you looked inside the cover and what the <laughs> what's on the inside? Because this yeah, is your, right happened. up your alley. <laughs> okay. So I think it's the band all naked under sheets all lying next to each other. So yeah, I think that surely, uh, <laughs> yes. Well, I think that whole sort of thing is quite artistic in the sense, yeah. the cover and then the Renaissance period of that. But mm. um, uh, I think, you know, for some of the, you know, alternative, I'm a real alternative fan who felt like, you know, Kick and maybe X were sellouts, a lot of the old rank-and-file Aussie sort of blokes in their 40s and 50s find Shabu Shabar and probably the swing as their pivotal moments, ironically. Um, yeah. I know for overseas, a lot of people took up in excess from Listen Like Thieves onwards, but, you know, Shabu Shabar and then going into the swing were real, um, you know, uh, milestone moments milestone. for some of those fans yeah. who were at that age where, you know, these songs came out, yeah. you know, that pivotal age. No, it's been so, great to go um, through the album again. I've loved it. I've really enjoyed this week listening to it, I yeah. must admit. Um, but, uh, yeah, so thank you, boys. You put yeah, a great yeah. album out there. Thank you. Well, let's make sure our listeners can maybe dive deep and listen to some of these things. And for our Spotify playlist, B, uh, yeah. I've consulted with you, and uh, we're going to put in Old World, New World. We're going to put in Jan Song. Yes. And just for you, I think we're going to put Spy Love in as well. Yay, thank uh, cause you. Because I, I think the video gets it over the line as well as the song. So thank you. there's three, three extra added to our Spotify playlist. So we're up to eight songs now Yay. Uh, on our playlist. So uh, we will, uh, we might have put that post that what we've got so far no um we've got uh five plus the three day makes eight so we're eight. getting there yeah it's a good album so far yeah. mm-hmm. i want you to get up right now and go to the window open it and stick your head out and yell i'm as mad as hell and i'm not gonna take this anymore Grand part nine critics can't live with them, can't live without them. When they love you, we love them. When they hate us, we hate them. 
It's the year 2000, and I'm in Japan discovering the concept of what an internet cafe is for the first time. Wow. Search engines, Yahoo, dial-up, the dulcet sounds of that dial-up tones. Here at my fingertips, there's the source of information from around the world at the drop of a finger. I'm excited. I feel like the singer Meatloaf at an all-you-can-eat 24-hour buffet. No restrictions. Unfortunately, the first article that downloads is the heading, Michael Hutchins, the Keanu Reeves of rock and roll. I'm disgusted. Keanu Reeves, that middling American actor known for Bill and Ted's bogus adventure and excellent adventure, Speed, The Matrix, but whose acting chops were akin to nothing that you would actually expect from Shakespeare. The journalist making the connection that Michael Hutchins, just like Keanu Reeves, was a pretty face who actually had traded up in terms of his music. Blockbuster songs, but nothing really artistic or credible behind it. Bullshit. Typical nerd, patronising journalist sitting in an inner city New York apartment, probably googling away at the time, putting out an article that was full of mistruths and misguided concepts. I'm sorry that I was born so good looking, okay? It's not my fault, Michael echoes from the grave. Take away my looks and look at the lyrics, look at my vocal output, look at my swagger, look at my creative content over 20 years within excess. I am more than a pretty face. Fuck you, journalists. The quest continues. So my favourite part of the week is Pleasure and Pain. So I'm really looking forward to this. 1982. How old were you in 1982? Can I go, can I go, can I go no. first today? Yeah, all right. No. <laughs> go on, go on, you go first. I, 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 I was uh, a spring chicken. I was very, very young. But um, it was that year where I reckon music became really, really important because you know you're getting a little bit older you can hear songs from start to identify artists so the first one for me is a song from a band that timmy loved and i think he has seen live when he was a youngster as well and inspired in excess a bit and it was a band called the clash and the song was called rock the casbah take it away b when I was 14 but um, I do get yeah. them I do get them now so yeah really good one to start with there 
Well, that's, yeah. I mean, that for me was the first time I'd heard of them. I was only young, but then, you know, years later, I sort of went backwards and then listened to London Calling and Train in Vain and um, I think White Man on Hammersmith and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, yeah, they, they were quite a pivotal band. I know In Excess and a lot of other bands like U2 were quite inspired. And uh, they went on, I think one of the band members went on to form Big Audio Dynamite that had some interesting sounds. And I reckon Joel Strummer, uh, what a cool name, Strummer, you mm. know, and his guitar player. <laughs> uh, he he's had, he had not a classic voice in the sense of it being a classical voice, but he had a classic punky rock voice, which uh, still, uh, when he sings uh, Rock the Casbah, gets me going. So that's me first up. Over to you for your first one. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm really excited about this year because it was like a bit of a, well, we'll go into it in a minute. So there's a, there a lot went on with me in this year. But um, we'll start off with um, craft work and model. Interesting choice, uh, B. This band's been nominated, I think, about six or eight times to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. In excess, haven't. Just to throw that in. Mm. But uh, interesting creative choice. I know they used to play music with calculators on stage sometimes, didn't they? Yeah, it was the, the calculator was, song. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> the calculator song. I mean, is it Autobahn was their big one that they did? But this was, I think, yeah. the second yes. one model. Yeah. Um, and it was just so different, really different, really out there. Um, just so German, you know, sort of like here we are on stage and we're not going to smile. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, there was no enjoyment. You're going to enjoy this, but you're not going to smile. But it was good. It was good. They, yeah. They, they're very heavily sampled band. I think mm. Coldplay sampled them on the X and Y album, one of their singles and things. So mm. they're still quite influential in that sort of scene, but mm. uh, good choice. Um, Thank you. Uh, for me, number two. All right, 982. This was came out towards the end of the year, uh, and I couldn't wait to hear this when it first came on the radio. Like I'd heard it a couple of times, and it was always like, oh, I love this song. I think it was a big hit in Australia and then in the US and things. Uh but it was a bit of an ode to the factory workers of Pittsburgh and uh, the, the uh, east side of New York, uh, sorry, the eastern side of America and things like that. Um, and the song was called Allentown by Billy Joel. Take it away.
not my sort of um, thing. I mean, it's jing- it's okay. I'll let you have it. It's your guilty pleasure, or is uh, it? It's a pleasure uh, or a pain for you. Uh, uh, a ringing endorsement from the other Billy, I can see. Um, but uh, uh, for me, no, it's, it's uh, look, Billy Joel's not cool, but mm. I still like the song, I still like the lyrics, still like the piano. I love the lyrics. It was one of those songs where I really sort of listened to lyrics and mentioned the word Bethlehem in it and things like that. And I was like, oh, and a lot of um, ge- geographic dropping and, you know, in terms of areas around America, and it sort of got me, you know, into the lyrics as well as the tune. So uh, I still like it. No guilt there for me. Aww. Okay. Your number two. My number two. Okay. Is it a boy? Is it a girl? No, it's Boy George. <laughs> Do you really oh want to God. hurt me? <laughs> oh, wedding singer. <laughs> a reggae song when you think about it isn't mm. it you hear it now you can hear the reggae sort of influences can't you mm, mm, mm. it's good isn't it um so uh well this song um yeah i remember watching it on top of the pops with my parents at the time and dad said is that a boy is it a girl <laughs> and the next day in the newspapers it was all over the papers is it a boy is it a girl nobody knows but his name's boy george it's a boy george it was boy george <laughs> he was a boy um now I've yeah. got a little a little thing about Boy George because I wasn't um, I was okay but I I had a lot of problems with my legs when I was young and I was actually in hospital yeah. for a very long time in in, in 1982 and uh, my mum mm. was just brilliant she she uh, really wanted to make my day and make me feel better so she actually um, wrote to the local radio station to see if Boy George would come and see me and he couldn't so what they did is sent me a whole bunch of 45s which was really nice but I'll, I'll never forget so thank you mum for thinking about me and don't worry George you can come Aww. on the show one day instead <laughs> <laughs> fantastic good story mm. alright uh my number three is an Australian band that uh, this was the biggest song in Australia in 1982 and was number one, I think, for six or seven weeks. Uh, it actually went top 40 in America. Uh, the uh, It got re-released in America, I think, a couple of times over the sort of its life. Some songs do get a second life, but uh, uh, it was covered a few years ago in Australia by another sort of teeny bopper idol sort of type singer. But uh, it uh, was a classic song. Um, it was one of those songs that, if it was sung by anyone else internationally on a bigger profile, probably would have you know won Grammys and whatever. But it was called "What About Me" by the band Moving Pictures. So let's give it a rip, B.
a cute song. I like it. Very good choice. It's a nice little story at the beginning there as well, isn't it? It's a it's a, a little anthem going on. Oh, I reckon it's a big anthem. And they used to play this on Countdown with the big sort of uh, um, bass drum sort of thing at the end there mm. and the big sort of extra large drumsticks beating down uh, in a real ostentatious way. But, uh, yeah, that was a strong song. Aged a little bit, but, you know, with the modern production, you could still see that being a hit if it was released these days, you know? Yeah. All right, number three for you. Yeah, that was very Aussie. Okay, so... um Yes, this song, um, I had my first kiss after this song. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it's Come On Eileen. that was the second biggest song in Australia that year and uh, I, I have funny memories of that clip I think they were all dancing around in sort of overalls weren't they yeah everybody uh, got overalls and, <laughs> yeah it was a real sort of uh, you know cat and fiddle type sort of song there and had the the, the great um, you know sort of fiddle type uh, intro there and mm. uh, they had another hit I think Gino do you remember that other that's song they had it. Gino yeah. come on oh no yeah. that's the same song yeah Gino yes yeah, very but, good um, yeah I I I quite enjoyed that song at the time. It was played at the school discos. That's all we're going to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, it, uh, is it a guilt or a pleasure for you that one still? It, it's um, it's it's a mix up. It, at the time, it was a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, I like, yeah. like played it. But now looking back, it, it's got a, a, a bit of raw emotion. <laughs> Okay. I didn't want to kiss right. him. <laughs> he kissed me. What, what happens at the What happens at the 1982 disco stays at the 1982 Absolutely. disco. That's yes. fine. Well, we've made the end of episode nine. Uh, who said we wouldn't make it to this far, B? Who were all the doubters? I don't think there is any now, is there? <laughs> there are probably... <laughs> the f- hope not. <laughs> there was probably a few, like, the old aunties and uh, mums that listened to the first two and then probably went, no, nah, I can't hear anymore. <laughs> mm. Yeah. 
But look, we uh, we think that you know I think with Shabu Shabar that we spoke about earlier uh, is really where Enix is start to find their sound, and you know maybe as homework this week for us fans out there, you know have a Shabu Shabar week or mm. Fortnite and go back and pick some of the tracks that you really like, and maybe pick some tracks that we've spoken about today that maybe give you. I don't know, fresh ears or a fresh fresh lens on things and, and, and discover them because there's some, you know, really interesting sort of sounds that the band really sort of leapt from, I guess, what was underneath the colours to this album. And, um, um, you know, when you go back and realise just the songs and the hits and who wrote what and maybe some of our favourites, it may give you a sort of a, a reinvigoration. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's easy just to not even listen to an old album for maybe five, ten years and you forget sometimes how good some of the songs are. Yeah, it's definitely their breakthrough album. So it's worth listening to everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, in terms of a Zoom episode, uh, B and I are uh, figuring out how we're going to put this thing together. But we are excited to think that sort of this time uh, next week we will be able to sort of get out to the world uh, uh, an episode where we've had some interaction with some some fans. So we're not going to overpromise and underdeliver. We we just hope that what we do sort of uh, end up putting out is going to be. Really fun, really uh, interactive. Um, hopefully, it's the uh, stepping stone to future episodes with some fan involvement, where we all get on uh, sort of a Zoom type uh, call together, and we can talk and share ideas and have some debate and things like that. Uh, we might even create debates, B. You know, which could be interesting. At the moment, I think it's the Hayden and B and Lisa show that's going to be because there's so many Lisas out there that want to come on and talk <laughs> to us. The Lisas and the Pedros yeah. of the world. <laughs> Correct, correct. Um, in terms uh, of platforms, I guess, sync with some of that stuff, um, you know, we are on several platforms at the moment, maybe extending even furtherly. Um, do you want to hit up where the listeners can find us and also, more importantly, share us to your friends? Yes. So um, Instagram is really, really good for us now. We're getting lots of people through there. So if you're not on our Instagram page, get on there. So it's the same as our Facebook page, In Excess Access All Areas with Hayden and B. Um, and um, it's great on there. And I can set, I can put some real great visuals on there um, to share us. You, Facebook is probably the better way of going about it. Um, we are now on Spotify, iTunes, um, we're on um, podcast, um, Apple Podcast. That is. Uh, what else are we on? Oh, people are finding us on different things. It keeps we keep popping up all over the place lately. I must admit. And uh, can I say that we're now over into the thousands of downloads, which is crazy, yeah. isn't it? Thousands of downloads now, which is amazing. We hit a hundred. We were happy. We were very happy. Now we're in the thousands. Oh, like, it's great. Yeah. And Thank you so much for your support. We're doing cutlers in the street on, on, on... Even on the first 10, I was like, wow, some, someone's, someone's listening to us, someone's us dribble on, you know? Yeah, no, it's great, <laughs> right. And, and yeah. yeah, and so much encouragement. So thank you. It really does make my day. Well, people, people power will get this uh, band into the Hall of Fame. Uh, and if we can have some fun along the way, that's the other byproduct of why we're doing this as well. So... Um, probably now brings us uh, close to our cover of the week mm-hmm. and um, look this is a song that keeps on giving isn't it B it's, it's going to be Don't Change Again however um, this is a quirky different take uh, on the main song uh, of Don't Change um, just a side note uh, before you came to Australia B we had a, a TV show here um, oh, what's it called again um 
how, how silly of I'm trying to remember its, remember its name, but they had a segment where every week they have a, a cover song, um, but it was the same cover song every week, played completely differently. It was called Stairway to Heaven from Led Zeppelin. Oh, yeah. And uh, they had all the different versions and all the different artists would go on and play this song all in different ways. So I feel like Don't Change at the moment is getting a repeat like play that. from us. We've had Bruce, <laughs> we've had Bruce, you know, we've had uh, Everclear. Um, today we, we do have Don't Change Again, but it is completely different to the way you've ever heard it. Oh. Uh, it is more of a folk sort of balladeer type sort of version okay. by an Australian band in the late 2000s. Mm. Uh, and we're going to play out with this, uh, but it is very delightfully done. And I reckon I might have given a bit of inspiration to John when they did the original Sin album oh. to maybe slow it down a bit like this band did. So okay. uh, we will take it away. Enjoy this. It is really a, a lovely version and you can get it let us know. But we all, as always, will reveal the actual answer next week um but it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye <laughs> i can't even say my own name and it's goodbye from me oh. Oh. <laughs> get this sign off going i will do it again do it's it goodbye again. from me and it's a goodbye say goodbye it. from me say it again it's goodbye from me and it's a goodbye from b take care everyone
Just sleep.